0: Thanks for joining us for this podcast. I invite you to visit our website, churchatwellington.com, where you can find more information.
1: If you're in the Little Rock area, our church is located just off Shenall Parkway on Wellington Village Road. We would love to meet you and have you come to worship with us. Enjoy this message. Father, today we come and we just uh, lend ourselves into your hands. Father, we come, we, we're here to celebrate to come close to you to celebrate uh, um, Christmas Sunday, to celebrate the birth of our Savior, our Lord, Jesus Christ. We just ask, God, that you would just uh, let your spirit just roam through us. We give you the freedom, O God, to touch us and to change us according to your plan, not ours. We ask it today in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. How about a hand for these guys who uh, knocked it out of the park again? You can be seated if you'd like. It's Christmas Sunday. Normally, we let the kids head for Children's Church right now, but uh, um, because it is Christmas Sunday, then uh, um, we will uh, uh, we'll let you guys stay in here. Let the kids stay together as families today. Um, I apologize with the lights. It, as the pastor said, it's a work in project, uh, progress. So if they're flickering, it means someone's taking a picture of you. So do you have one of those relatives that uh, uh mel i'm going to scoot your box back so i don't hurt it or myself you got one of those relatives but they they say things and you look at them and you go, who are you y'all have one in your family yeah go ahead and punch the, the the person sitting beside you and say who are you really go ahead it's all right the last few weeks we've been uh We've been focusing on something uh, um, special, something different every day. First week we started off with the glory of God. And then we moved to His peace. Last week, uh, Pastor brought a message focusing in upon God, or Jesus as our great I Am. Today, we're going to be focusing in upon joy. I debated whether to make this candle represent joy or signs um, because they're together in this story. They they come together. Each one of us, we've got a lot going on during this message this morning, so, so fasten your seat belt. It'll be okay. Each one of us are wired up from the very beginning of life, we are wired up that we need the answer to what has been broken down into four basic questions. The first one is, who am I? Jim, can you make it quit doing that at some point? Not right now, but it's okay. All right, awesome. Oh, there. Either my glasses and eyes are clearing up or the lights just went up. One of the two. Thank you. Thank you, sis. Who, who am I, where am I, what's wrong with me, and how do I fix it? What's the remedy for? But the who am I and where am I, or what is my purpose in life? That's a huge question for us, and it's built into us. There are a lot of answers that, that try to be given for that, and I'm not going to talk long about it, but, but evolution is one of those answers. To, to get where we're going today, let me just give me a moment. Just hang on for a second. Evolution is one of those answers. Now, you'll, if you studied Darwin's writings, or if you're familiar with them at all, he didn't start at the very beginning, but after life was, and then he said everything emanated from that one point. But he himself, before he passed away, he himself uh, um, recognized publicly the fact that in order for life to have begun, there had to be some, some power. He, he stopped short of saying there's a God, but he said there's got to be some kind of power to make it. Now, once, once life began, he, he picks it up from there, and all of everything that, that is, um, of, of everything that's alive, came from this one point of life, all the, the, the uh, uh, not, not counting trees and plants and stuff. The problem with that is there's no proof. There's no proof of jumping from one species to another. Now, there's within the species, there is movement. There's adaptation is what he called it. There's a little bit, uh, you know, where, where uh, um, animals will adapt a little bit. And, and you take a German shepherd and a chihuahua, and all of a sudden you got a different, but it's still a dog. Okay, is that, uh, there's children here, so I've got to be careful how I say things, right? You get it but they're still a dog, okay? You don't have a German Shepherd and a Chihuahua and all of a sudden have a cat. It doesn't work like that. There's an order to it and there's a purpose to it. It's like this. I I had a phone in my office. Left my phone up here. I'm gonna get my exercise just coming up and down three little steps. It's all right, my watch is counting. I had a phone in my office that was left here, Been, been sitting in my desk for years. Um, I I was talking to this phone the other day, pause for you to catch that, right? My phone said, this phone said it was a Samsung phone, it said it wanted to be an iPhone. It wanted to be a smartphone that really, really could make a difference in this world. So I put all of the parts for this phone in a bag, and and I shook it really hard, and I shook it again, and I shook it again. and it's still just parts of a phone. There is no coming together by chance. There's not, I put it in a bag because the glass is broken on this. I don't know why. Could be that I hit it with a hammer several times. I'm just going to tell you this some of these t- the old, old phones are tough. I would hate to think what I did to an iPhone with a hammer, okay? This, this bad boy was hard. That Melanie was there. It was hard to get apart. I had big tools hammers, pry bars, huge screwdrivers to get it into this. But the point is this. If evolution is true, if, this, if I shook this long enough and it wanted to evolve long enough, then it would actually become what it wants to become. But I think the reality is everyone is here. I could shake this for a hundred years, and it would still just be parts of an old phone. Now that's just an illustration because there's no real life left in the... Anyone want a used phone? There's no real life in a telephone. Sometimes we think there's artificial intelligence, but there's no life in it. And just like this phone, at some point, this becomes obsolete. It's hard to think of. You pay so much for a stinking telephone that does more things than be a phone. But we have life in us. Where did we get that life? that life did not come because a star exploded and turned into dust, and somehow dust decided that it wanted to breathe. I don't know I'm shortening all that up. That's not where we have life. That's not where life comes from. And and anyone who can reason through this will have to come to the point they understand that there is, because of the complexity of life, let me tell you another quick story. Tuesday, uh, Thursday, excuse me, I went to the dentist, now, I, I hate going to the dentist. They're nice people. It's not that. This is, this is the dentist where um, um, Aunt Nita, uh, Sister Juanita's niece, works. She's the office manager there. It's a dentist. We had to find a new one and we went there, and I like him. He's a nice guy. He's a good Christian man. Anyway, the story is this. A few years ago, I had a tooth back here that was broken, and it was unsavable. And so the current dentist, that I, the, the previous dentist, that had pulled it out and he made a bridge. So it's hooked on, there's three teeth involved, or actually two and where one used to be. So it's a three tooth bridge. It functioned very well. I can eat meat. That's important. A good steak is important. Thomas and Elizabeth, hey, oh, how are you guys snuck in there? Cool. Did you know they're a con? Okay, all right. Because my mom walked into church one time and I didn't know it. She walked in. and was like, oh, It was on Mother's Day, and I was telling a story about her, and she walked into service. Oh, great! There goes a great illustration. So anyway, um, I was at. The, so the, a few a few days ago, a month or so ago, I was eating, and all of a sudden I, I felt something, and eh, it didn't. It, it hurt for just a little bit, then it was gone away. But I realized that this bridge now was loose. And when I I would eat my meat, it would rock back and forth. Something's wrong. I'm not not necessarily medical, but I knew that your teeth aren't supposed to rock back and forth in your head. So I go to the dentist, and he takes an x-ray, and I wanted to get it, but I thought it may may creep some of you guys out. But you can clearly see where the front of those two, two teeth that are holding this bridge is snapped completely in half. And that was what was making it rock back and forth, because it was unattached at the front. So he had to pull it off, had to fix another tooth. Now I have a four-tooth bridge. It's awesome. I can eat meat again. Well, at least as, as soon as the pain goes away, I can eat meat again. It's awesome. But uh, um, I, I asked him, and when he was doing that, I said, I, I, I'm fascinated by the, the science that they have at the dentist's office now. Absolutely incredible. He took a CT scan of my teeth. Awesome. So I was asking him, I said, which one of these have root canals and which ones don't and all this kind of stuff? And he said, well, this one, the one that it broke, had, didn't have a root canal. And then he was showing me that, that the bacteria had crawled through the middle of my tooth. hope this is not too gross. It's a long time for lunch. It's a long sermon. I probably, that's not, the bacteria had crawled through the break, through the middle of the tooth, and up into the root where the pain starts. And I said, "Without a root canal, why is this not? Why am I not in excruciating pain? Because the only thing I'm allergic to is pain." Thank you. Can I get a witness? I don't like it. And if your tooth hurts, your whole head hurts. And he said, "He said there's only there's only one explanation," and he said, "It was God." I, didn't go, nah. I said, there's, there's got to be a medical explanation. He said, there is none. He said, the way this is, how it is, you should have been excruciating pain from the day it broke until today. You should not have been able to get any, any uh, um, uh, freedom from that pain. He said, the only explanation is God. And right there in the dentist's office, we had a great conversation about how fearfully and wonderfully we are made. It. It's easy to understand that we are far too complex. Did I tell you, he packed the hole with real bone? Somebody died, and I got some of their bone. That's kind of a creepy thought, but within about four or five months, it will be incorporated into my own. It will grow in just like regular bone. That's weird. It's strange, isn't it? Once again, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. There's too much happening to believe that a bunch of stardust got shook up in a bag even over millions of years and we came out of it. Birth is a miracle. We go to Luke chapter 2 where we read about a miracle birth. One more time, we got to read this Scripture part of it, Luke 8, uh, Luke 2, beginning of verse number 8. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. But look at verse 10 and 11. Then the angel said, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And that's where I get the title today, these, these uh, great joy this joy that we have. And, I, and they say, for there is born to you this day in the city of David um, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. How crazy are we built? How crazy are we created? I want you to think back for just a moment and at this, this teenage girl who some say, some of the theologians say she was 15, 16 years old. And the angel gabriel showed up in the front room and said oh by the way bt dubs can i say that? Is that by the way you're going to have a child it's not going to be just any child it's going to be messiah the one that's prophesied about one that's written about in what we know is the old testament and she goes how can this be <laughs> because well she hadn't an, and joseph and they you get it did you read that part there's children in the room right I said, it's all right. And he explained it. And she goes, okay. <laughs> o- okay. How many 15-year-old girls do you know that accept anything that readily? So she goes and tells Joseph, hey, guess what? <laughs> dad. <clears throat> Except, not really dad, kind of dad, stepdad. And he goes, oh, no, 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 <laughs> that's not going to be. And, and, and he is told in a dream that, am I moving too much for you, Alan? Do I need to. I stay in the frame, stay in the frame. I was just kidding with him. And Joseph is told it's okay. And these young kids, because of a sign, all of a sudden they decide this is Okay. It's all right for what is transpiring to happen. See, every one of us came. I know I'm hopping around, but please please give me. Every one of us got here by birth. It is a process which God has ordained. We didn't come out of a baggie. Some of you may have been told you were hatched under a rock somewhere. It's not the truth. I know, just... Well, I was going to say just like something else is not the truth this time of year, but I can't say that. It's not the truth. The truth is before the foundation of the world, before God spoke the world into existence, he had you already planned. Who am I? I'm a child of the most high God. I'm not some kind of accident. It doesn't matter what mom and daddy did. You are not an accident. It doesn't matter how the event took place. You are not an accident. You are a plan of God, and you were designed, and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are not here by chance. Evolution leads us to the point where we're just the same as a, as a high-functioning animal. We have no need for God. We have no need for any moral compass, but we understand that built inside of us, we have that here. Why did Jesus have to come as a tiny baby a couple of thousand years ago? Because we came as a tiny baby. That's the process that God has established for us to get here. He doesn't come down and make us with His hands anymore. He sets something in motion. And He said, when this happens, babies happen. And we all know that's when you kiss. Right? That's how I heard. (laughs) I was sheltered. So Jesus came. The angel's talking to the shepherd, said, look, I know it's hard to believe, so let me give you a couple of signs. He said, look at this, there will be a sign, you'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. You see, there were signs that something special was taking place. If you read down through the Old Testament, Alan, you'll just have to catch me on the way by. Okay, I can't just stand anywhere. Um, There's over 300 prophecies out of the Old Testament that are going to be fulfilled in the New Testament about Jesus. Prophecies about where he's going to be born. Some of the circumstances around that. Uh, Prophecies about what he's going to look like. He's going to be normal looking. (laughs) Plain looking. There's nothing beautiful about him so that that he's like man of the year in appearance. He's just the average guy. Prophecies about how he's going to die. This is one of my favorite prophecies about some of the stuff that he would do. You know there's prophecies about the Messiah. You're going to know he's the Messiah because he's going to be able to give sight to the blind. The cool part about that is there is not recorded one single instance where somebody who was blind had their sight restored until Jesus did it. And yet there's still people standing there going, huh, I don't know, I know that guy was blind, I know him, I've known him all the time, and now he sees, but I don't know if this guy's real. You know, the Bible talks he went to his home country and his area of the country. He goes up there, and, and it says something like this. He wasn't able to do very many miracles because of their unbelief. He did a few small things like, you know, healing a few lame people. <laughs> I don't know what a big miracle is up there. You raise someone from the dead or something. I don't know. But over and over and over and over, there's all of these signs of who the Messiah is and they were prophesied about, and, and it shows up. But it's not just stuff that we read about in the Bible. Guys, there are signs for us today. Okay, there's a sign here in, in, in our church family here. I want to show you this. This is a, this long. It's almost a two-minute video. Just a few weeks ago, it seems like last week, Brock and Megan made a decision that they were going to take on a couple of kids to adopt. One of those, is as we know, is Vashti. This is a uh, news spot. Okay, cool. Um, this is a news spot about Vashti. This was recorded uh, in May. Just watch. I'm sorry. I gave you a false start didn't I? This was recorded in May. Okay. So this May of this year, Um, watch this real quick and I'll I'll come back.
0: Uh,
2: This baby here is number 114.
0: You heard right. Baby number 114. Deborah Israel has been fostering special needs children for 18 years. I love
2: it. I've been called to do it. Oh, I'm comfortable with it. I have no problems with it. It's comfortable for me. Baby
0: 114 is two-year-old Keania. A little girl with physical struggles that make it tough for her to breathe and eat on her own. Two. She was expecting her not to make it two. But the connection Israel and Kiania share proves more powerful than any diagnosis. It's a busy spider. Israel nurtured and loved Kiania and then began to see progress.
2: And then all of a sudden you see them begin to start glowing. The eczema is gone. They're breathing a little bit smoother. They're gaining weight. When you go to the doctor's appointment and they tell you, oh, Miss Israel, this baby is doing so much better. That makes it all the better. I want her to have a family that can appreciate where she's going and the fact that she's still here.
0: A family who will also take in Kiani's little brother, Jabriel, too. Jabril is one. He has no special needs, is considered perfectly healthy, and their adoption specialist, Angela Brown, describes him as laid back and at ease.
2: Jabril just he's going to just mesh and blend with whomever, but um, Kiana will take a little bit more time.
0: Brown wants these siblings kept together, but knows that is a tall order.
2: I would like for them to be able to grow up knowing each other. Um, I know it's going to be a hard a hard uh, thing to do because of her medical issues. This is their foundation. The two of them is their foundation.
0: Deborah Israel wants to see both children succeed and grow, especially Keania.
2: You know, this is a miracle, baby. This is a testimony right here. And I want her to be with a family that can understand that she has a future and that she has something going on in her life that we have no idea. I want her to start walking and talking. And I wanted her to reach her full potential. She had a rough start, but she's going to be all right.
1: That's uh, her previous foster mom. i want to show you something. Can you all come up? you Come help. I don't know if she's going to do this. Action is going to take place right over here, Alan. This will be great. Um, I don't know if she's going to do this. Um, in May, Rashti can't, she couldn't, she couldn't walk. She could stand as long as she was leaning on something. In September, when uh, Morgan and Adam uh, got the kids, um, she was just starting to pull herself up. Now, she's three years old, guys. And since then, not only is she saying something, okay, um, I'm going to try to get her to do this. Y'all, y'all watch. You don't, <laughs> go ahead, yeah yeah awesome awesome can you can you walk back here? Uh, yeah <laughs> yeah, she's a daddy's girl. that's <laughs> Give her a hand. go ahead. yeah. thank you guys yeah she's a, she's incredibly bashful and stuff. It started with just one step, and then it was two and then it was five, and now. It's across here, and, and it's, she can really actually walk better than it looked like she can. And, and uh, um, the other day at the store, she told Megan, I want. <laughs> September, she can't talk. She can't walk. She can barely stand. She has a little walker up here. If you've been around. You'll see her zipping around in it probably today. She gets, she gets mileage with her walker. Um, it gives her just a little bit of stability. She can walk without it. just gives her a little bit of stability. It's a miracle. And I don't, know, I don't care what that woman said, Jay is not necessarily laid back. <laughs> but he's as cute as a bug, isn't he? Their older brother, LJ, is a miracle. Guys, these are signs that God is doing something. E- even, even the the medical world is surprised. Their doctor told, told about LJ, he, he will never be normal. He will never walk. He won't be able to function. He won't be able to think. And he does. He doesn't forget anything. We were... We were headed out to, to, I think it was out to Sister Juanita's house last night, and, and we, go, we went kind of the route that heads to our house, and here's LJ going, this is how you get to Mimi and Poppy's. We're in the middle of the woods. I'm, you know, half of the people in the van don't know where we are, and LJ recognizes it. Yeah, miracles. Miracles are signs. God is up to something. Amen. There's something that is going on. And when Jesus showed up, when the Messiah came, he said, there's going to be these miracles. He's he's going to be a baby. He's going to be in a manger. He's going to be wrapped in swaddling clothes. I just like to say that word. This is about the only time of year you can use it. He's going to be wrapped up. It's going to be a sign. That wasn't the only sign. There were stars, and there were wise men or magi that came, and there, there's all of these things wrapped around it, the birth of the miracle. It's a sign that something is going on. And what a part of that something is, is the same for Jesus as it is for you. You have a purpose. You have a life. God not just flung us into existence as some would, some would, would believe, You have a reason for being here. You have an identity in who you are. But there's something wrong, and that something wrong is sin. Why did Jesus come? Look at this in John chapter number 3. Verse number 16 is quoted all the time. You'll see it on signs at football games, at baseball games, and everything. God so loved the world, He gave His, um, His only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But I think the second verse, the verse that follows after that, verse number 17, is, is, is much more powerful. We look at it. God didn't send the Messiah into the world to condemn you. He sent him so that you could be saved. Because there was a problem with mankind. And we celebrate Christmas because the remedy for our problem came. He had to come. I I don't have time to go through all of the the details. There's a reason that it had to happen this way. There's rules that God has established, and one of the rules is you don't get to walk around where everyone can see you here unless you're born. you got to have a flesh body, okay? You had to have a flesh body in order to qualify for a sacrifice. You can't sacrifice ghosts, So, in order to have a flesh body, one of the rules is you got to be born, just like everyone else does. You had a purpose. You have a purpose. You have a reason. You got a problem, and now the remedy has come in the form of the Messiah. But but let me can I give you a couple more tidbits? This is a long passage, but so I want you to hang on. Just two more passages, all. Over in First Peter chapter number one. I'm going to skip down and begin in verse number 3. Look at this and just kind of follow along. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is incorruptible and undefiled and does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse number 6, in this you greatly rejoice, Good news, all right? Signs of great joy, signs for joy, right? In this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Look at verse number 8. This is, this is key. Whom having uh, um, not seen, you love. Talking about Jesus. Now, through, though now you do not see him yet believing. Look at this. You rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Why? Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. There's inexpressible joy. There's, there's, there's so much joy, you don't even have real words for it. You know, the Bible talks about having peace that passes all understanding. Have you ever, have you ever experienced that? In the midst of something that's, that's wacky, that's going on, uh, and one of those places where you should be in chaos and turmoil, all of a sudden, God just grants peace. And you're at peace. You can't explain it because the circumstance hadn't changed. Just your mindset. Just your heart. Just what's going on. Peace. All of a sudden, peace. Last passage here. I, I take you over to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter number 12. Now, you understand if you, if you get this, that chapter number 11 in the book of Hebrews Hebrews is about all of these, what is called often, the heroes of the faith. It's, it's a list of people who, and just a, a snippet about their stories, incredible, incredible heroes of, 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 have took some great steps of faith. And so the writer of the book of Hebrews Ends that by, and we have it as chapter number twelve. He says this: "Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, hang on, since we have so great signs among us, we have signs that are among us." Y'all not getting this yet? We we got signs walking across the platform come on church, we got signs, they're they're miracles. There's those who should not that are. Those that should be in chaos and brokenness, and, and the brokenness is healed up. It doesn't come because you got stuck in a sack and shook up. It comes because of the Messiah. There's this this great body of signs that all point toward the majesty and the the crazy cool awesomeness of God. And it doesn't point to something that used to be and and is stuck in the past. It points all to the same stuff. It is what is happening now. This is your salvation. This This is your life. Therefore, since we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Look at this, verse number two. Looking into Jesus, the author and finishes of our faith. And guys, when I put this in there, and, and it's still, it's, just, it's a little difficult for me to talk right now. I can't even see you. My, my eyes are all tearing up. But it says, for the joy... Talking about Jesus. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy. We understand joy to to be the absence of any chaos or anything, the absence of pain, the absence of hurt. But Jesus looked, and and it was joy for him to, to take the shame of the cross... to leave the right hand of God, to set all glory behind him so that he could come and be born as a baby. Have you you noticed the babies here amongst us today? They're kind of needy. You know why? Because they can't do anything for themselves. And Jesus, at any moment, it said, was on the cross, could have called for a legion of angels. He didn't just endure it because daddy told him to. He did it, and for him, it was joyful. It brought him great joy to come and endure the cross for you. And so today, guys, we come to this point. Some... Maybe sitting here this morning, and, and you don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. Some of you may be here, and it's like you know, I've I, I've got sins in my life. I can't seem to get rid of. That's why Jesus came. Maybe it's like, well, no, I'm not a sinner. I'm a Christian. I, I, I'm good with that. Maybe it's very simple. You're struggling. You're fighting. The answer is still found in the same one. There were signs. He came as a baby, wrapped in swaddling clothes. He, 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 he came. He left all of glory so that he could come here to be your Savior. Not just to save you from your sins, but a lot of times, guys, to save you from yourself. Your self-imposed guilt. Your self-imposed baggage. So today, the, uh, Mel's going to start singing a song. and And... I asked her to sing this specific song because it says come to the altar I don't know what God is putting in your heart I don't, know, I don't know what is going on but I do know this today this is God directed God has told me to say this for you and now it is time for you to respond it's not even 12 o'clock yet I don't have to worry about the time now it's time to respond In just a moment, I'm going to pray, and as I pray, God's calling you. I want you to come up to these altars. It's time for you to spend some time with God. Guys, this is Christmas Sunday. This opportunity is going to go away and will never come back. It's time for you to respond. Let God be God to you today. Would you bow your heads? Let's pray. Father, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father, I ask that as your people gather around these altars, Father, as they, as they bow in and, and, and their pews to, to ask you, to talk to you, Father, I ask that you would, you would bring healing to their lives, healing to their hearts, healing to the chaos in their lives. Father, the, the bondage that they're having trouble getting broken from, Father, break them from free from the bondage today. If they're struggling with who they are,
0: if they're struggling with purpose, today, oh God, speak to their hearts and show them,
1: show them the sign, of your greatness, your mercy and grace. Father, we ask it today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's come. Let's find a spot to pray. Let's find some time before God this morning. God is here to meet you today to do wonders and miracles in your life. Same as the the, the miracle of, uh, of Avesty walking across this platform, God wants to do miracles in your life. It's stuff, it's baggage that you're dragging around with you. It's baggage that that is hindering you and it's maybe it's it's messing up your life, maybe it's messing up your relationship. The Bible tells us to come and and, and to drop off our our weight on Him. Drop off the heaviness that is on us and and take His woe. Today, pour it out. Pour it out on Him. Give it to him. Let him do a miracle in your life today. Let Christmas Sunday of 2018 be a day that you can check off on the calendar where your life changed and your relationship with God changed, all because he have a sign, and he has joy for you in the, in the place of sadness, in the place of chaos. There's joy for you. Oh, God, change our lives today. Change our lives today, oh, God. I give you this burden, O Lord, that I carry it around with me. I don't want it anymore. I can't can't make it anymore. I can't live with this anymore. I need to be free from this. Free today, O God. Listening to our podcast. If you would like to support our church or ministries, visit our website, churchatwellington.com. Click on the Donate tab and select the method that works best for you. Again, thanks for
0: listening.